Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Go Home Bible, You're Drunk, uh, the podcast where we talk about the Bible and Christian culture and we drink about it and we kind of make fun of it sometimes because we weren't allowed to for 30 plus years of our life. And there's a lot of content rolling around in our brains because of it. So my name is Justin. I was a pastor, uh, super Christian, expert volunteer, and, you know, Biblical scholar, if you will, until I just decided that um, the Bible's nice, but it's just nice. It's um, just nice. It's, it's just an interesting nice. piece of literature. It's, it's nice. That's all. <laughs> you know, has some good ideas and some problematic ideas. Just, you know, like most. <laughs> like most books. Like most books. You know, <laughs> you take the good with the bad. But I've got a host as well. She also was subjected to the Bible more than is usual. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love the I love the subjected. <laughs> I was oppressed by, by the Bible. It was everywhere. <laughs> well, oh my gosh. Like as as like many of my ancestors could also claim, like the Bible is a tool of oppression sometimes. And so I feel a way about it. And so I just talk about it on a podcast because I think it's actually pretty funny. As you know, looking back on something that's thousands and thousands of years old, like multiple continents removed <laughs> from its original context. And people trying to go like, oh yeah, I know exactly what this means. And like, not just like how it was intended for like the people that it was actually written for, but like how it was intended for me, a person that the writer didn't know would ever exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why we have a show because the Bible makes you feel a little bit drunk and you know, if you're someone who's sober, I feel like sometimes it's nice to feel a little bit wonky. So there's also that. Yes. I've already polished off my drink. So love it. Love it. I'm yeah. I'm rocking an extra dirty martini today in a mason jar because I'm classy. (laughs) Nice. I love it. That's either like classy or super Portland. I don't know. Both Uh, probably. Probably both. (laughs) Normally we do it this week in evangelicalism, but they just keep getting mad about they, they the same thing. St- they won't stop. They, they won't just shut up. won't stop. Apparently, I'll just touch on this briefly because last week we did. We've talked about this for a few times about how much in an uproar they get about diverse casting of so any kind. Many. Race doesn't matter. So cast everyone as white. Yeah. Huh, don't understand okay. so little mermaid was crazy i think my favorite take by he who must not be named yes <laughs> um was was that it wasn't it wasn't a race thing it, it wasn't mad about the race it was just that that it was scientifically implausible for there to be a black mermaid because mermaids live at the bottom of the sea and they need to be white because reasons i don't it's just like okay black I just, fish I exist I right <laughs> I'm like orcas are mostly black. Yeah, I mean they come. They're to the like surface the most. I don't know badass predators on the planet, plunging <laughs> deep into the ocean. And 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 Moby Dick was an abnormal sperm whale, not normal. Albino. Yeah. Which so, they some of those actually exist, and they're very pretty. Yeah. But that's not normal. Normally, they're very dark gray. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. One might like, say one might say colored even like. <laughs> 
Like amazing, amazing. So yeah, yeah. The links that people will go to to like not give racist reasons for their very racist thing is is continuing to be a thing. And rather than spending a lot of time covering that or any of the other batshit bonkers stuff <laughs> that oh god that's such a good point yeah it's like here's my non-racist reason for being racist so you can't call me a racist because of it because my reason isn't racist yeah like my reason is is lore accuracy or scientific <laughs> accuracy or whatever for human fish hybrids yeah you need to be scientifically accurate i thought about this a lot guys and i think yeah you did you put a little too much thought into that kids movie buddy yeah like we have questions what's on your hard drive for starters yeah for sure so i mean we could talk about that more because it is kind of funny but i think it sometimes it feels like an onslaught of stuff over and over it's just some new weird controversy some new weird thing and you're not going to catch them all i hope you don't catch them all i hope some of them pass you by and you are just blissfully ignorant of them <laughs> sometimes i think that's a blessing i was talking with someone about he who must not be named and i said their name and they were like who's that i was like oh sweet lamb <laughs> to be in your shoes <laughs> to not know so good would be so good so yeah tori and i did we just wanted to talk a little bit about maintaining your mental health while deconstructing and maybe even just while being a progressive or a leftist in this hellscape we find ourselves in and all of the caveats we're not experts i would i would rate my mental health this week at a solid c which is doing good comparatively to a lot of people i think but so just some things that have helped us we wanted to share and we do this periodically because i think it's important to kind of have those, these little check-ins you know as we're as we're as we're drinking we're at a we're we're at the digital bar if you will just having a good time laughing at the bible but also like just a quick like how you doing are you getting water right you know yeah it's important you know drinking drinking water taking your meds going for a walk or sitting outside or you know sitting by when whatever it is that you can do to like get in proximity ish to some some sunshine for a little bit always these are always really good things i think um i don't know i think that there have definitely been times where like online shit has gone so sideways that i have like either deleted my like deleted my apps like i've suspended my account several times <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that there's just, there's, I think that there's a lot of things going on in the world and like figuring out how much of your brain you can reasonably let live in like online land. And I think that's different for everybody, you know, but I do, I'm not even having this conversation a lot with my kids. It's like, there's, you know, it's kind of a bell curve. And I'm not saying that it's the same for everybody, but they're, they're, at some point you're going to hit some very seriously, like quickly diminishing returns, <laughs> time spent. And, you know, like, like Justin and I have talked about this off the show, I think, but like kids and, and YouTube and how that's just sort of like their, their drug of choice these days. And yeah, so I, you know, I'm, I, it's really funny because I'm like, I'm, I kind of struggle with this myself, like regulating just because of you know time blindness or whatever whatever i'm not sure what language we're using right now but like that and like adhd and like getting your little junk dopamine hit every time you like hit refresh (laughs) i mean it's like all these are real real things that are like really physically happening in your body and so yeah i think that having i think that it's better maybe to have like a little bit of a shorter length of rope as opposed to like going all the way out so you have nothing left. And then it's like, oh, I just I just burned all of all of my margin on social media. Yeah. <laughs> with all these people who either like, you know, and it's not to say that there there are only people that disagree with me online. Like that's not that's not real, but like all these people that don't aren't actually invested in me even having a good day frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
So I think that there's, yeah, I, I think that it's just really because it is so easy to sort of get caught up in that. And I know that like I, I do that too. And, and when I remember one of the things that I try to do when I remember when it's not a pandemic is to like, I'll like make a, I'll make a list of like a couple people that I want to like see during the week, just because something like that is actually good for like, I get to interact with people and it's actually good for my mental health as opposed to being online, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is often not like sometimes it's fine and sometimes it's real bad. So yeah, I think that there's, there's definitely some, some balance to find there. I, however, try you know i try not to be prescriptive with stuff because like that's where we came from and that's kind of trash i think you know because it's like not what works for me is not going to work for everybody else and so trying to make this like well this thing you know trying to make this a universal this is what i do this is what everybody should do it's like that's that's at this point that's pretty tired like i think most of us know that isn't real you know, that like universalizing and making like my, my experience prescriptive. Like I try to, I try to avoid that as much as possible. That said, like I do, I really, I really enjoy Twitter and sometimes Reddit or other random shit on the internet. And I think that that's fine, but yeah, finding, finding, I also like struggle with self-regulation around that, which backfires really quickly. Especially with, especially with like racists and or people who have non-racist reasons for their racism, or people that are just like, I don't know, living in Portland. People are always, always talking shit about Portland, and like people that live here are like, things are so bad and everything's on fire. And it's like, what, what you're? Why are you repeating something you heard on like cable news (laughs) when you live in the town? Like, that's not what's happening. So yeah, like stuff like that, I get. I'm like, I'm way too emotionally invested. Yeah. <laughs> and like with some random stranger who like won't put their name on like what they actually think has decided to fight me about. That's not fun. So, you know, just 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 moderation, I suppose. It's kind of what kind of what is getting me through. And also, you know, I think some, you know, some weeks are really hard. Like I've been dealing with a lot of kind of heavy shit with like in therapy the last couple weeks and feeling rather like just adrift generally because of that. Cause like unlearning all of your shit is also really, really complicated and like unlearning all of your sort of like maladaptive tendencies that originated from being raised in like a hyper like fundamentalist or like high demand religious environment. Those things also have impacts, right? Like that, that impacts how much margin you're going to have, how much emotional energy and space you're going to have when you're online and yeah. also trying to be a real person. So, yeah. Yeah. I think I've been thinking a lot about the deconstruction space. It's a space, obviously both of us kind of live in and, and, you know, we're to a certain degree influencers and, but it's, it's, it's an interesting space because it's a lot of people that are fresh off the boat. Like I just left church. I'm changed, you know, but I think a lot of us don't haven't, I guess we didn't realize, or we don't realize just how much those unhealthy patterns we take into whatever our next thing is, you know, being evangelistic about our newfound atheism or agnosticism or exvangelicalism, whatever it is getting too caught up and having to have crucial conversations with everybody um you know <laughs> oh no yes. or like uh-huh. or like you know like or oh i'm my eyes have been open to see injustice i need to call out literally every fucking injustice i see online all the time one that's exhausting too like sometimes that ends up we eat our own you know and that's just not that's not healthy like i mean because i we all go through that phase too, I think. Maybe not we oh, yeah. all do, but I, I would say a lot of people go through that phase. I remember that phase mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. it's like you just kind of wake up like, oh. you know, especially as a white person, I'll just say when you realize that racism is everywhere at you know, age 25, which is you know 25 years later than most people of color. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Like, and then you see other white people like being racist. Like you want to be like, 
let me just hit you with some newfound knowledge, you know, like, right. Right. And, yeah. And, and that's a face and that's fine. But I also think that you can get lost in that. And then you, you've burnt a lot of bridges. You've lost a lot of real friendships and, or what could have been real friendships. And then it's just, it just sucks. Like you're just in the mm. suck. And, and I agree to being prescriptive as far as like, Hey, do this, do that. I don't know that that works, and especially both of us being neurodivergent. I can tell you I have signed up for, I have read so many books. I've, you know, on like getting healthy or being productive, you know, that were <laughs> written by a not neuro or by a, that were written by a neurotypical person. And you're like, this doesn't work. It's <laughs> like, not helpful. It's not, not helpful me. You just feel a heap loads of shame because you've tried it for two weeks and then it didn't work. So I don't know what it is for you, what those red lines are for you. I do know but the prescriptive piece I will say is that you can't operate at a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. Like, I'm sorry, Justin, you have you can't. ever heard of grinding? <laughs> I mean, I have, <laughs> I feel like you don't understand how the grind works. Rise right? and grind. <laughs> There's this dude. He's a, he's a, he's not, he's, He's a guy that I know. I'll just say that. He's like, he's like, yeah, you've got your nine to five, but what about your six to 10? I'm like, oh, no, oh, I, I, I have a life outside of working. Thank you very much. Oh my God. He's also a Elon and Dave Ramsey stand. If that tells you anything. Gross. I don't like that overlap at all. It's a rough overlap, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like you, human beings just we can't do that i don't think uh-huh. and yeah. i don't know what operating up say 75 or 80 percent is for you you might not even know and that's fine i, I don't know what that looks like for a lot of people it's mm-hmm. going to look different for everybody but if at all possible finding that margin is going to be that that's huge and i also realize that you know we're in a shitty economic time finding margin is like yeah it kind of takes yeah it's it's like luck essentially Mm -hmm. like it's not something that that people just get to have anymore so yeah yeah definitely like not not burning your like free time or emotional energy and well-being on a bunch of weirdos who are obsessed with the race of (laughs) yeah mythical creatures yeah, you uh, probably have a couple hours a day tops. Right, to spend on that? To spend on anything. Right, right. And so- maybe don't spend as much on these attention. I wouldn't say whores. That's an insult to whores. Um, oh, love me some whores. Because we, yeah, we're, we're sex worker positive. Attention. Oh, I don't get paid for it. I do it for free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have nothing but respect for people who actually get paid. I'm like, I should, I should get paid. <laughs> like, this is labor. This Sorry, is labor. Totally hijack that conversation. Yeah, I'm just saying. I don't want to call. I don't want to say attention whore derogatorily because you know. But people that just are are they're making money off your attention, your mm-hmm. your anger, yeah. and and I do think that folks that have deconstructed or that are that are moving, even just even if it's not faith moving from conservatism to liberalism or being a leftist uh, liberalism seems to be a, a, a really quick pit stop yeah <laughs> on oh the road gosh. to leftism but um just kind of touch it you kind of like it's like a, uh, like as you're running by you kind of like touch the mm-hmm. flagpole on the way <laughs> just, yep. yeah, just gonna keep running but i do think that we are a group for a lot of reasons, just a cohort of people that are easily susceptible to, to having our brains hijacked by these assholes and our brains were hijacked by them before. Like my brain would have been hijacked by these folks as a conservative in different ways. I would have been mad at the liberals. Like, Oh my God, there's a black mermaid. Like I'm mad. <laughs> I, don't, at that I don't think now. I don't think you ever would have been that. Mad yeah, I don't. You know, I really wouldn't have. Like, because I I do remember folks getting like all riled up at, when I when I was a conservative about some things that I'd be like, okay, okay. I mean, I, I I guess, but but yeah, like people just trying to get you mad about whatever, and but now we're we're just as mad at them for different reasons. And so I think, you know, let's just not let let's let now that these folks win 
at whatever cost you can. And if that means not fighting them, if that means going out and do out into the outside <laughs> or, you know, reading a book that has nothing to do with any of this. I'm, I'm personally trying to get back into like reading fiction again. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I can't remember the last time I read like a novel. Uh, I used to all the time. Novels are good. You know, I do a ton of reading, but that's because it's like, oh, I'm on Twitter. I probably read the equivalent to a few chapters of a book <laughs> on social media. Like, so maybe just read a book. Right. Is is what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to just reconnect with these, like, and trying to get like a paper book, like something tactile mm-hmm. that's like not a yeah. screen that is in front of me. Little things like that to try to, I don't know, reclaim my own attention. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, something that I've found too, that's kind of enjoyable is not, not that I'm any good at like art, but doing something creative can be helpful if I don't feel like I have just like the brain space to like actually sit down at the book. I think that, yeah, I don't know. Getting like a coloring book or I recently have been like, I should start writing fiction again. Cause that's like fun. And it, you know, keeps, it keeps a lot of my attention off of how terrible the world is some weeks and yeah so I I don't know like that's something that that I would definitely recommend at least trying like yeah picking up picking up I don't know just something you don't it's like you don't have to be any good at it but like you can like start knitting just as an example that's a good thing to do in the fall and the winter yeah like there's a reason that this was stuff that people that people did this stuff, right? Like there's a reason that people read a whole bunch. Like that was what there was to do, you know? And yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's definitely a big one for me. The other thing is like doing less when it's dark out as it's starting to get dark earlier. Which I'm like, I don't know. This seems like a really shitty design, but whatever. Um <laughs> I uh yeah doing less highly recommend cooking food also when it's dark so good it's a great way to spend your time gotta eat so may as well do something fun Uh, I've seen so many variations on the meme like being an adult is deciding what you want for dinner every day until you die (laughs) I hate this I hate it but then I'm like, it's almost soup season and I love soup. So. That, is, that is true. <laughs> you know, both things can be true. How about mm. that? So whatever, whatever you can find, honestly, folks, I is just I we want this to be a quick reminder, but you're a human in a body and and however your body takes up space in the world, you know, to be mindful of how it's getting hijacked because, you know, you're not a machine. Unfortunately, that like it, that like metaphor, like your brain is like a computer, has actually not served us well. I think. <laughs> no, your brain is not like a computer. Like yeah. nobody is nobody is pouring dopamine onto your computer <laughs> to make it feel something. No. <laughs> like, oh gosh, your computer is not like. Well, I've been on for eight hours. I'm gonna shut her down. Yeah. No, the computer will. Computers can just stay on for a very long time. Way too long. <laughs> no, your brain is not a computer. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. I mean, I suppose some people's brains are more computer-like than others. But most of us, that's not really how it works. No. Start thinking more of yourself like a potted plant. Yeah. <laughs> or an yes. animal. That, that's mm-hmm. good. Like, I would like to hibernate. Yeah. I think about that every winter. <laughs> I need nutrients. I need water occasionally. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to water yourself. You got to water your plants and yourself. All right. Well, thanks, folks. Now we are going to segue to some capitalism, I guess. These segues mm-hmm. always feel awkward and weird, but it's, I mean, part of it is just the world we live in and it helps pay the bills. But if you're like, I don't need more capitalist messages, that's fine. Just let it play. And while you're watering your plants and, we'll and yourself and, and yourself, go take some water, get some water, take some water. take a little bit of that water you should you should it's important it's like this is oh my gosh i'm totally this is i'm totally hijacking the conversation with that whole thing that like mark driscoll did about like the replacement sacraments of of like 
people who left the church or like, I don't know, woke people or liberals or whatever. And he was talking about something. And I'm like, it's really, it's just, it's just like, it's water and meds, right? Like that's the, that's what we've replaced those like shitty little crackers with and like yeah. the awful grape juice. It's just like water and meds. That's all. That's, that's what we swap it out for. And yeah. I'm fine with that. So while we're taking this capitalism break, go take your water and your meds and we'll see you back. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. Thanks for putting up with our little capitalist endeavors to uh, pay the bills. If you want to listen to the episodes without ads, you can just hop over to uh, Patreon and you can sign up for that. And then you get some ad-free episodes, all of the ad-free episodes, and our little Discord server that has a lot of actually really incredible people on it. So that makes me happy. I'm just realizing, Justin, that we need to like, we, I think we need to have like a thread like specifically for books. Like We do actually. Like books that are, we're reading right now. Is that what, like, I don't know. I'm like, cause I keep posting them up there and I'm like, I feel like no, I'm the, sometimes I feel like I'm the only one that posts them. Anyway, if you want to find all of this drama that I'm apparently making up in my own head, <laughs> you can just go to patreon.com slash go home Bible. We, d- we tell did. Us what books, we actually tell have, us what books we, you're reading. We have created one. Yeah. That was one Yay. that we, was requested. I love it. So yeah. And that's, that's the nice thing about discord. I'm learning is as the community changes and there's just different interests, you know, threads can come and go and, and it's not, and what we want it to be obviously is we're like-minded people to talk about the show, talk about the Bible, talk about weird experiences, but also just like talk about life and normal shit and your pets and the books you're reading and things that are giving you life. Cause you know, I mean, there's sometimes you need a break from God, <laughs> either the God you believe in or the God you don't believe in. Uh huh. And so, yeah, we want to offer that. And so, yeah, this word's great. Yeah, definitely. So patreon.com slash go home Bible. We're going to do a listener hang in Washington, DC. I mean, I guess at this point we can pretty definitively say we're doing that next year. So yeah. Yeah. If you happen to be like on the East coast ish, or anywhere you should join us for that but yeah our little our patreon tiers start at a dollar a week which is pretty pretty reasonable i think you can also like get a life verse from the holy spirit if you decide to become a a youth pastor so lots of lots of random fun stuff and i we're you know we're in the process of like creating more more things for the patreon as as time goes on so We'll let you know all about that stuff as it gets added. But yeah, that's sort of our, our little plug if you're into it. Otherwise, just write a review, text the episode to a friend or tweet it or post it on, you know, you know how to share things with people. I don't have to tell any of you this. <laughs> click, um, click the share icon. Right. Yeah. Click the share. Do you know how to do this? No. If you're, yeah. you're listening, I trust that you are competent to also share <laughs> share the show with somebody. That is also really cool and really helpful. Sharing is caring. It's true. Still. So, uh, so today we're going to talk about a, a priest. A rather the priest. Word, the really. priest. I'm I'm trying to think of like the like he's kind of an esoteric figure. I feel like in scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very emerald tablet Hermes. What's that? Trist- you know, like it's like an occult thing. Uh, I don't even want to describe it because I'll probably describe fair. it wrong, and we'll get people that are like, "I'm that's an alchemist. Fair. You shouldn't describe <laughs> it like that." You know, but you know, just very like like yeah, esoteric like. And I'm I'm learning. I guess the the drinking game. If you would like to remember to drink your water, it would be whenever you realize that we made something out of nothing <laughs> with regards to this character. 
No, I mean, yeah, Take like, a drink. it was just like the Bible, and when we made something out of nothing with with the Bible. Well, which... that, that you'd be drunk in seconds, but this particular character, the character yeah. of Melchizedek, yes, or Melchizedek, or Kazek, or uh, Mel, there's uh, many different Mel, ways. Melchi, Melchizedek. Yeah, Melchi, yeah, Melchizedek. So interesting figure. It is a very fun name. I think that honestly, that's why. But I think these mysterious figures in the Bible and even in history, if we want to get into like occult mystery type stuff, they tend to be these kind of like black holes that you can kind of just pour meaning into. And it can be meaningful. I'm not even saying that's a bad thing, but it's bad when you attach like hellfire and brimstone. (laughs) (laughs) The Nephilim, I've had hours and hours and hours of conversation about. And they're like one verse. weirdos. And they're like one verse. So this podcast exists to disentangle the nonsense that we were taught from like one or two verses. I was taught some real nonsense about this. Yeah. So so Melchizedek, for those of you that may not know, he appears in the Old Testament to Father Abraham and like kind of right after a battle. uh, Let me just I'll set up some context here. This was a battle where like Abraham basically had his own little paid army of dudes <laughs> essentially like he hired an army from and was like hey this is this is a thing we're doing like i'm 147 years old let's go fight some people yeah and here's the wild thing to me is like so it starts off like all these armies are getting together like you know these kings are getting ready to fight and it's basically five kings against four and you know the king of Sodom and Gomorrah and Admir and da 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 they end up losing and Lot was a part of this you know battle and so he's been taken captive and so Ab- Abram at the time is going to rescue him so yeah he like but it's like it feels very like cowboy-esque almost like yeah. or maybe like mongol-esque or like cal drogo kind of thing like we're we're getting yeah uh-huh. abram's just out on the plane somewhere and he's gonna like go get his you know my they have my they have my nephew you know <laughs> yes, it's like taken yeah 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 <laughs> yeah that's something like we just blended a lot of genres together but that's uh-huh. the bible but he gets an oddly specific 318 men so it's it's interesting that it's like it's like describes all these like armies clashing. So I'm thinking hundreds, if not thousands of people on a side. And then Abram and his 318 men are going to just go take them on and mm-hmm. get lot back. Uh, and they do. So they get back. And so Abram is on his way. Oh, and he recovered all of lots possessions too. lot is always in trouble. True. I have, I have two things I want to stick in here. A lot is, fucking always in trouble also um 318 in the bible is the apparently the gnostic value of christ oh i don't know what this means uh, but i think it's kind of great so <laughs> i we're gonna actually get a little bit into gnosticism so like uh, keep that in mind put yeah, a pin keep in that. That, yeah put a pin in that so Abram returns. He defeats Candlemere or whatever his name is. That's what I'm. Oh, that's call a him. fun name, Candlemere. Yeah. I like that. It's it's actually Kedorlamomir, whatever Candlemere. <laughs> that's his name, Candlemere. <laughs> and so, so he's on his way to the king of Sodom. He's going to meet him in this valley. Then suddenly, Melchizedek, king of Salem, not mentioned up to this point. Which brought... Salem means peace, by the yeah. way. This I was told this a lot because Salem is the capital of Oregon. So just yeah. for context, because it gets weird and strange and disconnected from everything. That's what that means. So just con- a little bit of context. Yeah. And also Melchizedek is like the king of righteousness. So we're just putting a lot of stuff on this guy. Yeah. Right off the bat. And there is some debate about whether or not this is like a title mm-hmm. or whether or a dude or a dude. But anyway, he brought out bread and he, he just like, you know, they're in this valley getting ready to go to the king of Sodom. And then like here, this dude shows up with bread and wine and maybe a charcuterie board. Mm-hmm. And 
So he was priest of the Most High God, and he blessed Abram, saying, blessed to be Abram by the Most High God, creator of heaven and earth. Da, 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 da. And then... And then, and then, like the Hebrew is, then he gave him a tenth of everything. Uh, a gave lot, who? a lot of people translate, and I think there's a lot of rabbinical literature that's Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of everything, but it is not clear. I just want to say, and there are some goddamn pronouns. Yeah, some people making everybody confused. Well, do, I don't know, Tori, if you knew this, but pronouns don't actually exist. They're not proper <laughs> grammar. Their <laughs> grammar has no pronouns. Yeah. How dare you brainwash children? Again, again, Chud's making a grammatical argument to hide their bigotry. It's not grammatically correct to say they. Whatever. Whatever. Grammar, grammar is what we make it, folks. Anyway. And then he disappears because then the king of Sodom said to Abram, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, and then Ab- actually, this is kind of funny because the king of Sodom is going to give Abram some, basically some, some money, like as a thank you for bringing back my stuff. And Abraham refuses it. I'll take nothing except compensation for what the young men have eaten, because I don't want anyone to say it is the king of Sodom that made me rich, which is such a like dude, bro, billionaire thing to say, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it really is. Right. I'm already really rich. Is. I can't accept money from you because I don't want it to be said that I was not a self-made billionaire. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like you brought it. You got you have a little mercenary army, so I think that people probably know that it wasn't the king of Sodom that made you rich. But whatever, whatever. So and then like Melchizedek is not mentioned again until the Psalms, which again in the Psalms it's a song, and it's kind of like is it talking about David because he could be the king of righteousness or the king of of goodness or whatever. Sadly, yes. Yeah, sadly, yes. But so it's not. It's not clear. It's not clear who this character is. And then, and then it's go there's ahead. one more mention, right? Yeah, there's like, the, the New Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like one more mention in the New Testament. Jesus is described as a priest forever in the order, the order of Melchizedek in Hebrews, yeah. which we don't even know who wrote that. So questions abound. And uh, yeah, so these like three verses, at least in, in my in my world, in my like Pentecostal charismatic speaking in tongues situation, we uh, yeah, they were able to make a lot out of these three verses made it made it mean a lot. And there's just, it's like Abraham, like Abraham gave his gave his tithe to this guy, like the tithe wasn't invented. So like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Or um, Martin Luther, you know, said that, you know, Melchizedek was, you know, an archetype of Christ because he provided them with bread and wine because apparently no one ever did that before Jesus did it. It was water and meds, you know, a thing you need after you've been to war, unfortunately. Unfortunately, very true. I'm like, okay, just I'm always thinking about like the logistics of stuff. And I love the idea of like a bunch of like dehydrated dudes in the desert who are like, hey, we're here to like fight a war. And you just like get them wine drunk (laughs) in like the middle of the afternoon. No war is happening. Like you've just solved a crisis. Yeah. (laughs) Like this is perfect. Everybody's going to go take a nap now. (laughs) They're going to wake up and like, oh, that was that was a furious pitched pitched battle <laughs> yes i wonder how many um, battles yeah. were resolved via drinking game like mm, drink mm-hmm. until one of us can't stand yeah you know what based on like the little bit that i know about in like pre-contact cultures in north and south america i'm gonna guess a couple mm-hmm. i'm gonna guess that happened <laughs> that was definitely a thing that occurred at, at some point in history for sure how much ayahuasca can we take before we run away screaming. <laughs> no, this is why they like lock you into like the stone closet <laughs> so that you don't run away. Accidentally drown in the river when you're like having some interesting hallucinations. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was I was taught that Melchizedek in the Old Testament was Jesus, which is why Abraham gave him the tithe. There is once again, that's not how like this this book was stolen from Jewish people and Jewish people do not agree with that assessment. <laughs> yeah, Josephus says that Melchizedek was just a Canaanite chief. And I trust I trust Josephus more than I trust white evangelicals. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. that. Yeah. 
it is interesting though like i'm always fascinated with like how some of these ideas came to be and mm-hmm. yeah josephus identifies melchizedek as just like he's just some king or some priest some dude yeah some dude like he's just some dude that maybe happened to Pri- be priest a, priest king king a follower of a similar god to abram uh, and abram liked that but like so there's this other guy, Philo of Alexandria, and without getting into a ton of history, Philo of Alexandria, exists. he was around somewhat contemporaneous to Jesus, somewhat, a, a little bit ahead of Jesus. And he, he, he was a Jewish man living in Alexandria, and he did a lot of work to try to I'm find the best word, justify to dignify to make to make Judaism look dignified in the eyes of Greeks. So mm-hmm. a lot of syncretism really. Just like trying to line up or show maybe how you know There's my my culture here, right? and my and your culture like we like we're talking about the same thing to kind of give legitimacy to the the um Jewish faith and culture. And rabbis have debated, you know, whether that was a good thing or a bad thing, you know, whatever. But it's interesting because he talks a lot about Melchizedek being a priest of like the Logos, you know, and he talks about the Logos. He talks about the Demiurge, like being like the creator God. So there's a lot of like pre-Gnostic ideas that Philo talks about and he doesn't talk about them. You know, if you if you're into Gnosticism, great. I don't want to I don't want to get too deep in the weeds with this. This is a drinking show. Uh, (laughs) But. But I think him putting the logos as like this thing, because the logos is a Greek idea. And then watching early Christian followers kind of take that up as like Jesus being the logos. Like you can start to see like, oh, okay. Like I can start to see why some of these ideas came about. And uh, most of Christianity is heavily, heavily influenced by Greek thought and a little bit of Zoroastrian as well. The the dominant culture in the world, like it's kind of hard to not be influenced yeah. i i think yeah you know, when when scripture was being written when a lot of scripture was being written rather i feel like greece was kind of mm-hmm. ascendant so it's similar to why protestantism especially modern day protestantism and evangelicalism are so influenced by capitalism like mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it is in the air it's just part of what's happening and so that that tail wags the dog a lot but where i'm going with this is like so like these things I don't know that Melchizedek, when it was originally written or he was originally talked about, was was like some kind of like plant of like, you know, it's it's going to be Jesus. But it's just these ideas started getting connected together. And then here we are. But I find it interesting that Melchizedek is seen as like this alternative authority, like hmm. outside of the Levites, outside of, you know, the priestly structure, like Jesus is a priest but he's a priest. He's the specialist kind of priest, (laughs) you know? And so we're going to just like take this like weird esoteric figure that Mm -hmm. Philo has kind of attached some meaning to. And a few other people attached some extra meaning to, and we're just going to run with it. And like, I just, I find that interesting. And because I think there's so much of Christianity that does that. This is what this really means. And this this is what authority was, but now we have some special extra authority, some mm-hmm. outside of the structure. I mean, this, this is what Mormonism is like, like we got an extra special revelation from like a side source <laughs> that's like extra. So don your magic underwear and come with me and we'll have the real thing. And how many times, I mean, it's just like, it's, I feel like it's a tale as old as time that like, Someone makes up or someone receives, I should say, I shouldn't belittle it. Someone receives an extra revelation from, mm-hmm. from, from the, that everyone missed or, and so that, and that's who Jesus is. He's part of this extra bit from Melchizedek. Yeah. What, what I think is really funny about, so, I mean, I, we've talked, we, we, we've talked on different episodes about like, yeah, sort of how syncretic like Christianity is. And I think from, for me, again, like in my very extra weird evangelical childhood, <laughs> making Melchizedek Jesus is really funny because and I feel like I feel like uh, 
I feel like they talked about this on on Sunday School Dropouts, which is like one of my one of my favorite podcasts. But like the Book of Enoch and how like Melchizedek was ostensibly born of a virgin. Oh and, yes, um, you know. And so like, and they're trying. They're so in in our churches, right? Where it's like this very kind of like spirit filled, like you know, God gives you God's still giving people revelation. He's still healing people, whatever, whatever. That it's like Melchizedek was Jesus. But it's like they they clearly so they re- they reject they reject all of these all of, all of the apocryphal texts, but they're still like making this argument that's that's literally only from like the the book of Enoch to the extent of my knowledge yeah. of like Melchizedek was also born of a virgin, so clearly it was Jesus. <laughs> yeah, like it, he was he was born of a virgin, and he she died in childbirth because he came out fully formed. Oh, that would um, kill you. <laughs> and clothed and oh, speaking how convenient yeah like he basically came out of grown a person grown a ass, ass man, man clothed yep. as a priest <laughs> yeah this is amazing this is like uh this is that's some like science fiction shit right yeah. there yeah it's amazing but that part we didn't talk about you know or we definitely there's, did there's somewhat of a oral tradition of Melchizedek being Shem, you know, Noah's son. I don't, I mean, because time is weird in the Bible. No one like, and ages are weird. So to do with that what you will. Shem, it was just like, yeah, Shem's son when he was born, like when he, who was born, Shem was like 690 years old. Yeah. What's another 300 years after that? Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't, like, it doesn't actually matter. Yeah. No, I think that's funny because actually when you, when you originally sent me the text about like, hey, do you want to talk about Melchizedek? My brain automatically went to Methuselah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, sure. I'm like, the one thing I know about that dude is he like died in the flood. (laughs) We can talk about that. Sure. It's like, no, that's a different dude. Never mind. Never mind. (laughs) Wrong guy. (laughs) That's, we've basically just did. Talk about Methuselah. <laughs> That's all there is to say. All there is to say is he would have lived a lot longer if God didn't kill him. <laughs> God was just like having having a bad week. Like, no, we got to start start all of this over. Yeah, I do appreciate that about the Noah movie. Just talking about Methuselah. I, like I need to watch this again because we've talked about it so many times. Yeah, we, we, we should maybe we should do like a little watch party. A little for watch our party, yeah. On our, so on our Discord. We might have to set that up before the end of the year. But yeah, because that to me that movie was wild for a number of reasons. One, I, evangelicals hated it, which I don't know why. They hate everything. They do That's hate why. everything. That's true. <laughs> well, I think it's because they were so pumped for it. They were like, oh, no, yeah, big. They were? Yeah. Oh, I, I, didn't, I, I, I So I went to, so here's, I guess we're, we're going to talk about Methuselah for a little bit. This is a little di- divergence um, or, or side drop. He's not going to get his own episode, so this is what you get. Yeah, this Sorry is what you Because, you know, it's not much to say. There's not much. <laughs> but I went to the, um, this is going to trigger some folks. I went to the Global Leadership Summit, what which the is fuck is that? You don't know what this is. Oh, I have okay. Never heard of. All this. right. Well, we're just going to take a little. If we had Segway music, this would be Segway music. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm. I, this isn't what we said to drink about, but I'm drinking about it. So yeah, can, yeah. Go ahead and start drinking about it. So, but it's put on by. It was put on. I don't know if it's still put on by Willow Creek Church. It's supposed to be this like big leadership summit where they bring in all these people. And, you know, you can go to like actual Willow Creek and see it, but they also have a broadcast satellite all over mm-hmm. the world. You know, the weird thing is I was actually talking about somebody with this, but somebody on Twitter or maybe it was in, I, somewhere, some forum somewhere like, but it, it's crazy because it's marketed as like, this is for anybody like secular folks. You know, we bring in, we bring in business leaders, we bring in politicians, we bring in, you know, da, 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 da. and, but it's not, it's definitely like, it's definitely a church service, like, oh no, slash TED Talk, slash, you know. So, like, yeah, they bring in like Melinda Gates, but they also bring in like pastors who basically preach, you know, about oh leadership okay. or whatever. So, anyway, so they brought in, they brought in like Darren Aronofsky, they brought in or, and like they showed like an early preview of the movie at this thing. Like, it was like kind of, it was supposed to be like this, like this thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And and then it came out and 
they realized it was based off the Bible, but also Jewish apocryphal, I should say Jewish literature, what Christians would call apocryphal. And, and also showed like how terrible the flood would have been. And like, and that Methuselah died in it, you know, like, like Methuselah's in the movie. Yeah. It's played by Anthony Hopkins, actually. Well, because he's old as fuck, too, I guess. Yeah. I don't um, know. Yeah, I mean, they got big names like Russell Crowe, you know, Jennifer Connelly. Is it, is it, is it Zach Efron? Is he in it? I don't remember. I feel Emma, like Emma um, Watson's in it. Emma Watson um, is the person I remember besides Russell Crowe, which is just so weird to me. But again, nobody was like, this is racist. Noah wasn't white. True. Uh, yeah, very true. There was there. I don't think there were any Middle Eastern folks cast. I don't. Not that I recall. That film. No. Anyway, so yeah, that's Methuselah, and that's that's also the Noah movie, and that's the Global Leadership Summit or whatever. Whoa. Okay. So so they were excited about that movie and wow. incredibly let down. But I thought it was great. I remember even I was in evangelical at the time. I thought it was great. I was like, this is like telling the actual story. And it makes sense why Noah got drunk as fuck afterwards. <laughs> Watch our first episode. Episode one. Was, yeah. <laughs> no, it was so traumatizing. Everybody's dead. <laughs> so yeah. Congrats. You're the winner. It's like, I don't know that I want to be alive anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, what did I win? Like, nothing nothing you won your mental health is now destroyed forever yeah and you were going to like drunkenly curse your grandchildren for random shit as one would do yeah everybody's dead except for like the people that are somehow connected to you fucking like that's no 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 no. Mm -mm. yeah it's not good for anybody this is i think this is why i've always been like very skeptical of the claim that like for most of human history humans lived in like these very small bands of like 12 to like 20 people (laughs) just like there is no goddamn way nope (laughs) like that's just like living with your grandma and grandpa and your like aunts and uncles and your cousins like there's no way like the genetic pool is way too small like there were more people than i'm sorry there were more people than that there had to have been Nobody would have survived that shit. Like, Grandpa has a bad day, starts cursing people, and then, like, all of a sudden, three of your cousins are dead. Yeah. Well, like, we've read The Dawn of Everything, which I found fascinating. If Highly you, recommend. If you have, like, 20-some hours to listen to the audiobook. It's delightful. Or it's a very thick book. But, yes. But it's amazing how long distances ancient people traveled like they traveled more than we do, you know, and that's why like it because it seemed kind of fantastical that like Abram kind of getting it back to the subject at hand, like would travel so far. But really, like when you look at history, it's like actually people traveled a lot. They had to like migrations and they would yeah. have contact with folks. And, you know, food. there are and, and yeah, you have to eat. I think the eat. food was the main reason that yeah, they were you have going to so eat. far. And resources are <laughs> scarce. And so we have to move like we can't just, you know. There weren't there weren't like 20 generations living in the same on the same mountain or something as we necessarily think of it today, at least according to in 10 years, archaeology could totally refute exactly what I said. But anyway, I like the dawn of everything so far. Yeah. And so, yeah. So the idea that Abram moved around and like met with these local kings who are also like moving Mm -hmm. around. I mean, they went to war every springtime because they needed to eat. (laughs) You know, like, okay, give us your stuff. Or you know? we're kill- who has stuff this year? Who has stuff this spring? We're going to go scout out, see what's going on. Who are we killing? Yeah. Who are we getting together to kill so we can eat and so that people will stay in our city? Because if we can't feed them, they'll leave. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it's incentive to take care of your people because they're going to leave you and then you got nothing. Mm-hmm. You're the king of a. Mm-hmm dirt mound i bet there were a lot of those now that i'm thinking about it i remember there were a lot of times people were like nope fuck this shit we're going somewhere else yeah you enjoy being king of nothing yeah peace out uh-huh you, you can't leave like, watch me 
Yeah, watch me. I, I'm I'm the general. <laughs> so yeah, Melchizedek, weirdo, a king, a priest, a lot of multitasking, really. Yeah, yeah, really. You know, mm-hmm. setting out charcuterie in the desert. So he was a chef. Also, a chef. like, yeah, this is great. This is great. I love it. Yeah. So that's kind of all we have for him. Who uh, who would you cast as this as this Mary? Weird, weird, serious priest Je- dude. Jesus-y priest man. Jesus-y priest man. I mean, to, I don't know why, but Christian Bale was the first person who came to mind for sure. I think it's just maybe because like, Melchizedek doesn't have a lot of lines, you know, like there's not a lot of like chatting going on, even if he, I'm sure he had like some conversations with, with, with Abraham because they had to get to a point where Abraham was like, oh, by the way, I'm going to give you a 10th of all of my shit. But, but I just, I don't know. To me, I feel like Christian Bale can carry a character that doesn't have a lot to say, but is still like has, still has a lot of, what did you, what word did you use? Gravitas, Gravitas I think is, yeah. is the word that you used. Yeah. I, I feel like he would, he'd fit that role. Yeah. Heavily featured in the trailer, but appears for only four minutes in the movie. <laughs> and the movie's named after him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's my take. Yeah, Christian Bale's good. I think I think maybe I always go to Jared Leto when I'm thinking of a weird culty kind of figure. I suppose if we wanted to save a little money, we could go with Robert Sheehan from Umbrella Academy, who has the same look, like yeah, long just hair, younger, just younger, younger it's the like, same look, just younger. Uh-huh, like, and he sure. should be more things because he's delightful as Klaus in Umbrella Academy. I. I love that show, but you know, I'm sure he's probably costs a little bit less than Christian Bale or Jared Leto. I remember, <laughs> I imagine Jared Leto asks for a lot. Like uh-huh. I, 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 I'm guessing like, it's not just the money, but his just like his whole package, like uh-huh. my trailer needs to smell like sandalwood and, <laughs> and sage, but I cannot see any of the sandalwood or the sage. Yeah. Do not let me see it. <laughs> if I see it, I'm walking out, <laughs> but I need to he, smell it. He does seem like that kind of person. I need to have 14 rose petals uh-huh. on a table at all times. Yeah. Yes. He seems very high maintenance. That is yeah. true. So, yeah. So that's, that's the casting. Uh, anything else to say about Melchizedek? You can say anything because he is a vacuum. He's dead. And he's, he's dead. dead. He's a dead guy. He's a dead guy. No, but I think that I'm kind of feeling like maybe he should get his own like movie or book at this point. Mm-hmm. I, I would read that or watch. I read or watch that. I bet Peter Jackson could make three movies out of Melchizedek. <laughs> you know, it's really funny is my sister Alice. She was uh, this was like years ago, but she was like, you know, Peter Jackson could make three movies out of Vigo Mortensen's grocery list. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, that's right. Really, I hate that that's true. That's probably true. <laughs> it's like, and he would, and that's the problem. Yeah. It's like, okay. Someone would give him the money to do that. And uh-huh, it, somebody would. And it would be a smash hit. At least yep. it would make its money back. And yeah. I'm yeah. actually imagining like eggplant, artisanal <laughs> cheese. So thanks, everybody, for listening. If you want to catch us in other places online, we are at Go Home Bible on Instagram and Twitter. I am Justin D. Gentry on Twitter. Tori is at Tori Glass. We also have other podcasts. Tori does uh, White Homework, which is uh, fantastic. I also do Rev Covery. So if you're interested, you can Google those things as well. Uh, anything else to plug or things? Um, Drink a lot of water. Drink water, but not too much. Because water poisoning is a thing. <laughs> you learn new shit every day on the Drink internet. to the point where you're satisfied. Yes, exactly. When your body tells you to drink water, just do that. And don't drink don't drink too much. That's all. And uh, go to patreon.com slash go home Bible as well. Thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful week. And we'll see you next time. Bye.
1 Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.